0: Yud, Be'ez, Amid, Aleph, eight lines down at the two dots. We quote the Mishnah. She'im, uh, Yerze, Shaloy, I put a triangle around the word She'im and put a number one in the margin. About six, seven lines later, last two words on the line are tashma. I put a triangle around that tashma with a number two in the margin. And three lines from the bottom. Last word on the line is Rav. A few words before that is another tashma. I put a triangle on that tashma and a number three in the margin. Essentially, what we're going to be doing on Yud Bez Amid Aleph and a good part of Yud Be'ez Amid Be'ez, is trying to conclude one way or the other whether a master who owns a slave, in evid Kanani can the master say to this slave, listen, you're going to continue working for me and I ain't paying for your food anymore. In other words, can he say, Ase'i mi, the inizancha" or not? So, let's start. The Mishnah had said in... Uh, on the previous Amud, Shim Yirza Shalai if he wants to not have to provide food services for his Evid, he's allowed to do that. Oh, Shamus Minai vectored the Shamus Minah term. Apparently, we can conclude from here, Yachal Harav, Lemur in general. A master can say to his Evid Kanani, You're going to work for me, and I ain't paying the bills for your food. So, can we conclude that from the Mishnah? No what's the case over here, the case in our Mishnah is where the master had said to the slave you know what, whatever wages you make, uh, Leroy or Tyrone you hold on to those and use that for your food okay, that's the case, in other words, he's not that the wages are still going to the master and somehow the slave has to find food for himself, he's making that deal with him Says the Gemara. Well, one second. If that's the case, Remember, in the Mishnah, we were comparing the relationship of husband to his wife and master to the slave. The similar case When it comes to in uh, the, the Mishnah, a uh, a wife and a husband da'amar law must be where he, the husband, is saying to the wife. Tzi-i uh okay uh says the husband to his wife you keep whatever money you're making and you'll pay for your own uh mizainas now the thing is though if that's the case isha amai loy why would the husband not be able to say that to his wife let her keep her wages and she'll pay for her own food well you know why because isha safka. the case is where the woman it's not enough for her in other words, let's say she makes $100 a week. She needs $150 a week to support herself. He has to add whatever the difference is. Well, evidnami bidulay suffolk. Why don't we say then by the slave also that uh, by the master telling the slave, listen, don't give me your wages and you buy food for yourself. Maybe it's not enough for him. Well, the truth is there's a big difference between the relationship between a husband and his wife where the husband chose the wife and took responsibilities upon himself and the master and the slave were there certain responsibilities, but it's not like he took that level of responsibility. And therefore in Avda, any slave that is literally uh, 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 to the bread that it takes to fill his stomach isn't even worth that. To its master and to his uh, mistress, uh, what is it even needed for? Therefore, He doesn't have to throw in his own money. The master, if the slave, wages are not enough. And where's the slave going to make up the difference? He can go beg door to door. Okay. Tashma. We already had a triangle in this, Tashma. This is going to be a second attempt to try to prove one way or another whether the master can say to his slave, you continue working for me and I'm not going to support you. So, Tashma. Now, this is the ratio of a... uh, Tanaic source is a little bit larger. So you want to note that this is the first part. We're going to actually have a second part and third part as we go on in the Sukhya. So Tashma goes almost two lines. In this case, you have a Evad who who uh, killed uh, somebody uh, inadvertently. He has to go to the Ir Miklat. So an Evad Shigala who's gone into Gullahs to an Ir Miklat rabbi The master does not have to uh, send him like a weekly stipend for his food ser- food requirements. Not only that, not only that, but uh, whatever wages this evit makes uh, goes to the master. Hmm, Okay, so the wages are going to the master, and the master is not giving him. And he mezonash says the Gemara. I vectored the shmami Should we not conclude from here? Yahalarav, lamar that a master can say to his slave, Asemi Sounds like that would be a good proof. Nope. what's the case over here? Da amar It's where the um, master had said to this slave, Listen, Leroy, Tsemaisei adachalamazene You keep whatever wages you make and you'll buy your own food well one second we had said in the brisa that the micea daim go to the master i-hochi, then um mice yadav rabbi. if the master told the slave you keep your micea daim to pay for your food then why the micea daim go to the master so we now differentiate there's the micea daim that the slave makes that uh, cover the basic food requirements that he has, and then there's additional. When we said the Maisha time go to the master, that's le ha'adafah for whatever additional funds are. Ours. So let's say it costs for him, for his most basic food needs, $100 a week. If the slave makes, for instance, one week $150, the, that additional $50 above what it costs him for his basic food needs, that's what has to go to the master. So the Gemara says, like, of course it goes to the master. This guy's still a slave. Ha'adafah, extras, leftovers, pshita. For sure that would go back to the master. Well, it's actually not so posh- it. Why? Ma'odotamia might have thought to say, let's say one week uh, we said the slave needs $100 a uh, week. Let's say he only made $75 that week. Is the master going to make it up? No. He, The master is not giving it to him, the slave, the, the difference. Ki Maybe if the slave makes more one week than it costs to uh, support himself on a basic level, that maybe the master wouldn't take it. That we do not say that. If the slave doesn't make enough one week, too bad he has to beg for uh, whatever difference he needs. However, if the slave makes more one week, then that uh, additional would go to the master. Okay, well, if that's the case, then ma'ishna la'are Miklat. Why are we teaching this whole thing in the context of he's in uh, er miklat? And uh, why don't just say in general this is the din is exactly the same? Well, here's the reason: it's a chiddush in I might have thought to say that the pasuk in Dvarim, parak pasuk mem be says vehai, In other words, of Venas achas the inadvertent murderer will uh, run away to one of these uh, cities and Chai, and like live. You might have thought Ovid lechiusa tfei. You like bump up. The status of the Evid, and the Evid would be able to keep the Haddafa because he's, uh, you know, he's kind of like stuck now for who knows how long, so maybe he would be able to keep it. Kamash Milan, that he doesn't. Well, let's keep reading though in the Brysa, and makes the explanation we've given so far a little bit challenging. Veha, I double underline this word veha. Three lines later. First word line is Bideloy, the third word is Vahai, double underline that. So we're going to bring in, you see, each one of these Vahas is Vahami Diktani Seif, Vahami Diktani the, the uh, second part of the Tanaic source that we had quoted up about six lines ago, and then the third part. So here we go. On the first wide line, Vahami Sefa from the fact that the later part of that Tanaic source says, and here we box off, it's a basically eight words. Uh Aval Isha If you have a woman, a married woman who uh murdered someone inadvertently has to run away to a Ir Miklat, Baala chayev there her husband is yes Chayev to still provide her food services. Connector, says the Gomorrah Michwalte Layamarla. If the husband is providing the food services to the wife, then there was no deal. Listen, you keep your wages and you pay for yourself because the husband's paying for the food. De'i amar la ba'ala, for if the husband had said that to his wife, the tzii may chayev, why would he still be providing her with food services? Now, since that part of the Tanaic source is umidaseifa, a case of Delo amar la, he didn't make any deals with his wife, uh, beyond what normally is, in other words, he normally provides the food services. Then the reishanami, the earlier part about ten lines ago, when we were talking about the eved, shouldn't we also assume that that's a deloy amarle that he, the master, didn't make any deals with his slave? Oh, that's a little bit difficult for the way we explain things up until now. The more says, no, lailam d'amarle. The case of the eved, the master did say to the eved, "asei ve'isha." Then what's going on with the woman? If that's what was said to her, bideloy safka. You know why he has to pay for the misogynists? It's not all the it's She's not making enough to be able to support herself there. The husband will have to provide the difference. Well, let's read a little bit further in the Tineic source. Veha mitiktani seifa, the even later part of that Tineic source. It also goes, let's see, about eight words. V'im amar la. Now this seifa is apparently an if he said to her, that's the husband that said that then Rasha he's allowed to in other words he could say you keep your wages and pay for your own food okay now if that's the Seifa of the Seifa that he's making that deal with her michal de Reisha, the earlier part now Resha here means like the ratio of the Seifa the Tanakh source we had quoted four lines ago Deloy Amar must be in a case where he didn't say that to her answers the Gemara no Really, it's all a case of where he said to her, uh, you keep your wages, you pay for your own mizayinus. And the difference is, is there going to be enough money every week for her to pay for her own mizayinus if she keeps her wages? Today, we do a rereading over here, put the right angles in, that the way to understand this is, is, if she makes enough, she makes $300 a week, and it costs her $300 a week to live. The Amarlani says to her, "See, You keep your wages, you pay for your food. Rashai, he is allowed. In other words, it's all a case of where he made this special condition with his wife. Well, one second. If she makes enough money to provide for her own fruits, versus Masbek is my what's the chiddish of that? Why would you think not? Here's the reason why. Remember, she is now exiled to a uh, city of refuge to an She's not in her home territory, and it might be unbecoming of a Jewish girl to be going out and, and trying to make a living in a place she's not familiar with. Maladetema, the concept in the Pasuk and of Kol Kfei Melech Pnima, that a proper Jewish girl is not out there in the marketplace, so to speak, and therefore maybe he would still have to uh, support her. We don't say that. Says the Gemara at this point may be Lema Kitanoi. Maybe the Machlokus between um uh in our Mishnah would be the machlokus uh of the following Tanaic source between Gamliel and the So the Gemara now brings a Tanaic source and it goes for uh about mm, a line and two thirds. I boxed here Gamliel Imer Yochola Evelim Larabai Bishnei Cyrus, a Slave can say to his master in years of famine, Listen, boss, listen, master. Listen, you either give me the food that I need or uh, let me go free. They say, No, it's totally up to the master. If the master wants to, he can. If the master doesn't want to, he doesn't. Okay, that's the end of the Tanaic source. So, should we not or can we not um, match up? Be shitas baha You know what the machlok is here between the chachamim and Roshim Gamliel is Demar savar uh, The chachamim would be of the opinion that the master can say to his slave, and that's why it's the Rishus Biyadoy, The upper hand is the master's umar savar, and Roshim Gamliel is of the opinion, The master can't say that, and that's why the upper hand, so to speak, is the evets. So maybe the whole thing's machlok is tanoim. Says the Gemara, no. Does that really make any sense? Let's look into this a little bit more carefully. Firstly, if that was what the Machlokas was, Rabshaun doesn't seem to flow. What does Rabshaun Gamaliel say? That's a five word quote. From what Rishon says, the slave can say, listen, master, either you give me the money I need for my food or let me go free. That, that should not be the issue. What should have been said, comma, is oi ni, oi either you give me the money I need or let me keep my maiseyadim for the money that I need, Me is what should have been said. And that wasn't what was said. But in a further point, um, maishna Why would it make any difference if it's years of famine or not years of famine within the Chachamim? It shouldn't make any difference. What must the case be over there? It's what the master said to the slave. And you know what, though? Normally that would be okay. However, since these are years of famine, since it's a a very, uh, food probably is expensive, it's it's rare, um, there's not enough that's the machlokas, colon. The slave can say, listen, normally I'm fine with this arrangement, but since it's uh, years of famine, like either you give me some uh, money to help me support myself or just let me go free. Why? Now, why would the slave maybe be able to say this? Because when a slave goes free, when Nebuchadnezzar goes free, becomes a full-fledged Jew, if he becomes a full-fledged Jew, he's much more likely to arouse the... Uh, compassion of other Jews and be able to uh, raise the funds that he needs because he's a poor person. So people will see me, other Jews will see me, and they will have rachmanus and compassion on me, as opposed to if I was a eva, they might not have uh, that same level of compassion. That's Rashi Gamliel. Why would the Chalim say not? Because the Chalim have a different approach. For Rabbanan, I underline the Rabbanan Savri, in general, the type of person who is a good hearted spirit and would uh, donate to a fellow Jew would also donate to a fellow semi Jew, uh, otherwise known as a Evid Khairi, the type of person who would have compassion on a uh, free, uh, regular, totally free Jew, Evid Nami, Ruchumi Merachim, also have compassion on uh, Avadim. So uh, there's no real uh, logic, according to the Rabbanan, behind what the Evid is claiming. Tashma, we go back to the bigger sugya, the one we started with. Can a master say to his Eved, Kananya Yasei Miveni Zancha? So, Tashma Damarav, I circled Rav's name here and called this number one. We're going to have on Amud Bey's uh, six lines down. First word on the line is Hachi, in the middle of that line is Rav. I circled Rav there and uh, called it a number two. So here we go. Tashma Damarav, Hamak Avda. You have a master. He has an Evid Kanani. That Evid Kanani, the master has the right to dedicate to the base Hamigdash any benefit that comes from that slave, he's Makdash. It's so Maktish after literally the hands of his slave. So what's this Evid supposed to do now? Ebed, um, obviously, anything that he uh, makes or produces immediately becomes hectish, at least a uh, pruta at a time. So also Evid, what does Evid have to do? Loiva, he'll go to the bank or some gemach, borrow. Money, and then use that money to um eat for his basic food needs. The and then he'll do work, Upoyre, and he will um pay off the loan that way. Okay. Sounds like Shmamina. I vectored the Shmamina. This is the third attempt to conclude that apparently Yachal Harav Laimar Leved, the master can say to the slave, Hmm, that That's a good proof? No. What's the case over here? Well, the case over here is, the master is providing food for the slave. Well, one second, if he's providing food for the slave, am I, then why does the slave have to go and take out the loan to buy food for himself? Am I, well, you know why he had to borrow some money? Because what he needed was additional things above the basic requirements. dafa. Like uh, the slave wanted to have the uh, daily protein drink, and that was very expensive. The master wouldn't uh, pay for that, so the slave had to go and borrow money to um, make himself the daily protein shake. Ah, well, one second. So then isn't that money coming off of Hectish's back? Why wouldn't Hectish be able to say to this slave, hey, listen, buddy, nice, you want your protein drink, but uh, that's money off of uh, out of our pockets, out of the, the Hectish's pocket. Let Hectish say to the slave... Hadafa, you were fine up until now without getting these extras. Vahashta Nami, so too now that your uh, are going to us, to sagilach, it should be enough for you without any extras. Well, actually, that's not a good move for Hektish. It's actually in Hektish's benefit to have a slave who is fully. Healthy and strong, hectic, goofy, themselves, nichale, it's desirable to them if this uh, slave wants to have the protein drink and it's going to make him stronger and he could be a more productive slave, kihechi de la shave so that their slave will be more valuable. Semicolon. Something we had said before, oisa uh, u One second. So the slave is going to borrow some money and then he'll do work and he'll pay off the money that he had to borrow for the food, which you said now is the extras. Oh, you say, question mark, comma? But isn't every bit that he makes, let's say every day's wages, as soon as he makes it, it becomes hectic? Comma, comma, as he produces uh, that which he gets paid his salary for, Kaddishly becomes hectic. And that hectic actually preceded the loan that he took out for his food. Answers the Gemara. This might be a little bit tricky, but the slave will do less than a pruta's worth of work. And then that money will go to him, and the hectic only gets uh, the work that's done when it reaches a pruta, uh, not before. Semicolon. Hachi nami mistabra. The truth is, this also makes sense that it's got to be a case of where the master is providing mezainus. Dama rav, I circled rav, and this is our number two rav. Remember, we had a rav circled number one um, on the bottom of the previous amud of a master who's makdish, the yadaim of his Eved. Here's another Rav, ha-makdish, yadaim, apparently the same case. You have a master. He is makdish, the yadaim or the maisi yadaim that come from his Eved kanani oisa Eved, oisa the Oichel. Hmm, look at this. Uh, what did Rav say over here? That uh, uh, slave will, um, Ose, do his work, ve-oichel, and he will... Uh, use the proceeds from his work to buy himself food. In other words, Hektish is not Chal, apparently. The lo because if this guy, this Evid, is not working and able to, like, support himself with that food, man palachle, who's supposed to support him? Now, that's very different than what Rav had said in the bottom of Hamud Olive. And therefore, let's analyze this. I amris, I squiggle underline the I amris. Two lines later, the second word in line is Ela'i, I squiggle underline that. So we have Two possibilities here regarding how we understand Rav number one versus Rav number two. I That would be Rav number one on the bottom of the previous Talmud is be mala. That's a case where the slave is being provided with the basic food service uh, by his master ve'eno Yachol, and he's not able to. Ve'han Rav number two is be mala is where the master is uh, not. Providing food services, shop then the two difference in the two ravs makes sense. Ella e Amris. Rather, if you're going to say, hach, that rav number one on the bottom um, of Pimis Amud is where he's not providing him food services and he's allowed to do that, then, comma, what we just said over here in rav number two, the di'ilo avda man palachle, well, if the slave's not working and able to keep his own money and uh, uh, buy food with it, then who's going to support him? What do you mean he's going to support him? He'll have to go bed for it. Whoever wants to can support him. I put a diamond on the shmamina. Apparently, you can finally conclude the issue. The master is not allowed to say to his slave, You continue working for me and I ain't going to support you. Shmamina. Oh, we can conclude from here that that must be the case. Now, that's according to Rav, because everything we were dealing with was in Shittas, Rav, and I guess according to Rav, the master is not allowed to say to slave, you continue working for me and uh, I'll take the wages and you support yourself. Well, Tashma come in here that there might be a slightly different early Amoraic approach to this issue. Damar I circle previously we were dealing with Rav, now we're dealing with Rabi What did Rabi say? He said the following, I underline avday if a uh, um, person's uh, slave, some other guy came and uh, probably accidentally cut off the hand of Bob's slave. <inaudible> right? What does the uh, person who wasn't careful with the sword or the knife uh, have the responsibility to do? <inaudible> so he has to pay for whatever unemployment, the difference in ability of the slave had during the time he was getting better to uh, make uh, uh, a living. And also his doctor bills and who gets the, the, that uh, that cash payment? The master gets it. And I down in line, the slave, What's he going to get supported from? Basically, he'll go to the uh, local charity fund. Okay, now why is the master not supporting the slave? Apparently, we can conclude from here. A master can say to his slave, Listen, you're going to continue working for me and whatever service, whatever uh, funds you bring in and, and I'm not going to support you. Oh, so we can conclude that. Well, maybe not. What's the case over here? The case over here of why the master can keep the cash payments for the shevis uh, and the rafua of the slave. You know what the case is? The master is providing food services for the slave. Well then one second. Why do we tell the slave to go take from the charity bank if he's getting misinasa? I mean question mark. Well, you know misinasa not for his basic food needs but le <inaudible> ha He's ill. He's sick. He needs like some extra healthy food and it's for the additional because of his uh, illness that he has to get those misinasa from the food bank. Well, one second, there's two terms usually very specific. There's nizayin, mizayin, which is basic food requirements, and misparnes, which is like additional food requirements. So i if that's the case, then it shouldn't say nizayin, the Eved is nizayin, because nizayin sounds like he's getting his most basic food requirements from the tzedakah, comma the term that should be used is misparnes, misparnes would be like the additional things that he would need. And since it didn't say that, should we not? And indeed, we can conclude from here, I put a diamond around this Shmamina Yochal that a master can yes, say to his slave, "Asemi Venizancha, Shmamina, that indeed that is the case. In which case, it seems it turns out that it's a machlokas between Rav up above and Rabbi Yochanan down below, and then we'll say like a first-generation machlokas, Amliroim, as to whether a master has the right to say to his slave, "Asemi Venizancha. Semicolon. Amar Mar, we had said earlier, a few lines ago, and the that if you have a master who owns a Nevit Kanani and some other guy named Bob, like, accidentally uh, causes physical damage to the slave, and Bob will have to pay whatever funds are required for unemployment and uh, doctor bills to the master. So, okay, the unemployment, like, of course it's going to go to the owner. Because the owner is the one who's losing out over here, so of course that compensation goes to the owner. Well, that's true. The doctor bills. That's what's necessary to be told. Well, one second. The refuah should go to him because he needs to pay the doctor to cure him. Lo, sricha. Here's the situation where we say that the master actually keeps the refuah. What do you mean keeps the refuah? Don't have to pay the doctor. Well. Yeah, but there were like two possible avenues for getting this guy back to good. De'amdu uh, ala Hamisha yumi. One estimation was it would take five days, let's say, of medical services to get him back to what he was before. However, the master went for a second opinion and they did a, like a more painful, a more intense type of um, medicinal procedure, the Itsibitlosa Yumi, and he was healed in three days. Now, anyone who's paid a hospital recently, especially in America, and knows the difference of an additional two days in the hospital could be massive, but there is a difference. Mauditemia might have thought to say Tsara di Dehu. It was a more painful sort of approach maybe the pain, which is really the Evid's pain that he had to go through to have the more painful approach to do it in three days should be his kamash Milan. that no, if there's leftovers, it goes to the master. Period. Tanya, the camera brings a Bryson now that goes for about, let's say, uh, two, four, six, about nine lines. Starts here. It's going to be a discussion that took place between Rabbi Meir and uh, the Chachamim and the others. And uh, it's... Being told to us by Rebel Lazar, who was a colleague of Rebbe Mayer, and therefore he's not going to refer to him as uh, Rebbe Mayer because he was uh, equal we'll just call him a mayor. So, I'm Rebel Lazar. Amarnu, I squiggle underline the word Amarnu. We're going to have a back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and we're not going to really understand the end of it, but here we go. Amarnu, I squiggle underline the Amarnu. Amarnu loyla mayor, we said to Rebbe Mayer um, the following like, one second, Rabbi Meir, isn't it like a net plus for the slave to go free? Amarlanu, Rabbi Meir said back to us, I squiggle in on the Amarlanu, this of course is all based on that Machlokah speech, Rabbi Meir and the Chamim in the Mishnah, which was on Yud Aleph on the Beis, whether it's a or not. So Amarlanu, uh, Rabbi Meir says back to us, oh no, I look at it as, as a net, negative, chayv as far as a master to the slave, it's actually a chayv, shim haya evid kohen, you know why? Because if this evid, his master was a kohen, a truma, him going free, means he can't get free food anymore, whereas when he was the evid of a kohen, he could get anywhere truma, because the evid of a kohen is allowed to eat truma. Okay? Amar nuloi. I squeal in the Amar nuloi. we, the Rabbanan, said back to Rabbi Meir, well, what do you say about this? Fa'aloy Well, one second, the master has the right, if he wants to, not to uh, give food uh, compensation or additional compensation. He he can do that, so uh, it must be, uh, it's, it's it's a net positive for the slave if he's freed after he's freed. Amarlanu, I squeal and Amarlanu, Remeir said back to us, and it's at this point where now the conversation seems to sort of go off the rails. We're not really understand the back and forth. But Remeir said back to us. Uma uh, Ilu Evid bala. Well, imagine a case where you have an Evid of a Kohen who ran away from his master, or a Mrs. who ran away from her husband, who's a Kohen. they can go anywhere and take Truma because there's still, she's still a Mrs. Kohen and he's still an Evid of a Kohen. Yet, when you have a slave who's been freed already, he cannot get this free food, this truma, anywhere he goes, and, and therefore it is a um, net positive for him to uh, stay a slave. Comma. Now, I put the quotation marks, even though the Bryce was very clear of he said to us, we said back to him, he said to us, we said back to him, this is now um, uh, the Rabbanan saying back to Rabbi Meir, at this point, uh, Rashi even says the Aval Rabbanan Karmila, so it's like end quote, and now a new quote, Rabbanan say back. Aval Isha Khaifula, for a woman, it's a net negative. ha-truma, uh, If she gets a divorce and her husband's a Cohen, she loses the ability to eat Truma. Umasida Minha Mizainas, and doesn't have the ability to get Mizonas anymore, and therefore it's considered a net negative. Okay, that's the end of the Bryson. Now, that last back and forth between what Reb Meir said and what they said back, the Gemara itself is perplexed. Ma'i ka'amru le'i umai ka'mahadr le'hu. So, uh, what was he saying? What were they saying? So, here we go. Ha'chi ka'amar le'hu. When we had said five lines ago, there was an Amar Lano, the last one we had squiggle underlined, and this is what Reb Mayer said to the Chammim. This is... What Romare's point was. Now Romare literally had said, well, if you have an evid of a Cohen who runs away, or a Mrs. Cohen who runs away, it's only Truma. This is what he meant. He shavtunia la mazainas. And your previous point that you made, says Romare, you've answered me as far as the Mazonos is concerned. Fine. However, ma teshi Truma. What are you going to tell me if she's a Mrs. Cohen or he's an evid of a Cohen? What are you going to tell me about the Truma because they can still, Mrs., uh, Mrs. Cohen, wherever she is in the world, can eat true men, and a Cohen, wherever he is, can eat true if you're going to try to say that, hmm, that's not really a chov, because iboi, e because listen, if the master wanted to, zaruk le gitu pasale, he can find the slave, and just take, the, remember, can't do this to a wife, can't divorce wife against her will, but you can, as a master, free a slave against his will, and therefore, he could kind of find where he is, The le Gita, throw a, uh, emancipation document towards him, and that would pass him right away because now he's a freed slave and he can't have the truma. Well, that's what the master could do, but the truth is, if the slave really wanted to, he can get out of that. Well, the slave, knowing that, he could simply uh, leave him, run away, and go somewhere else in the world, know, move to another town. This is how we, how we understand what uh, Rabbi Meir's point was to the Rabbanan. And therefore, if you have an Eved Cohen who ran away, meaning like to a totally different city, or an shamar Kohen, she rebelled against her husband, Albala, halayi, they still like him, Betruma However, an Eved who has been freed, Eved Canaan has been freed, no ochel. Okay, period. That is now a great understanding of Rabbi Meir's point. So good an understanding is it, The Moran now wants to know, like, what exactly were their abundance saying back? Shaper kamer lahu Ramei was saying really well, that's a great point. What was their response? Amar Rava. So Rava explains, hainu If you go back to the Mishnah all the way back on Yud Aleph, Amud Bay's in the middle, the last line of the Mishnah was amrulei, they, this is also a discussion between the mayor and the Khamem. the Chammim said back to the mayor, Mimnei Shehu kinyanoi." And Rashi over there said, what is Mimnei Shehu kinyanoi?" Oh, the Gemara will explain, like what type of response is that to say, oh, because, that, because he is his uh, asset or is his property. Okay, well, that's now how we understand it. Back where we are on the fourth line of Yod Gimel and Alef, Says Rava, That's how we now understand. We have an insight into what they were saying back to the mayor. In the mission, when they said three words in right angles, Why? If he owns a slave, he can simply do, he doesn't have to throw him a, 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 a an emancipation document and the slave can get out of that. If the master wants, arba zuzi mi He can take four zuz; he can take like $5 from any person, any other Jew. And, Basically, sell the slave to somebody else who's a Yisroel. wherever the slave is, the slave could be next door. The slave could be a hundred miles away. Ah, Kama UleRebi Meir. Okay, fine. So according to mayor Meir, Evid Eved Koyein. Okay, fine. If this slave is a Kohen's slave, where you got this Truma benefit. But what about the slave of an Eved Yisroel? Ma'ikol Amemar. What are you going to say over there in that case? Oh Amar of Shmuel Bar of Yitzchak. Here's the breakdown. You know what's going on if you have a slave who is a Yisroel-owned slave? What's the uh, uh, sort of preoccupying the mind of the slave if he, if he gets freed? Oh, he's been living the lifestyle of a Evid Kenani uh, uh, with a Shifra uh, Kenanis. And uh, once he's a freed uh, slave, he basically becomes a full-fledged Jew, he is now forbidden to uh, have relations with a Shifcha Kananis. Well, says the in one second, right, he might be forbidden to have relations now or like get married to a Shiva Kananis or hook up with one. Adara, but quite to the contrary, harayu matiru Well, isn't this going to be good for him? Because it'll make him permissible to a full-fledged Jew, a regular uh, base Yankov girl. So true, he's becoming forbidden to the Shiva Kananis that he was used to uh, having uh, uh, physical relationships with, but he'll now be able to have a baschayrin well, and this is the Gemara's conclusion, it's still considered a net negative for the Eved from the Eved's perspective. From a typical Eved's perspective, A as as nice as a base Yakov girl is, it's just not what an Eved wants. Why? An Eved prefers avda The Hefkeira Nichale. It's much more desirable for him to have a much looser, undefined, uh, let's just say, physical relationship with the ladies that he's permitted to than the more potentially restrictive, potentially, it's fantastic, but potentially restrictive, it could be looked at, relationship as he would have to have with a full-fledged Jewish girl. Why? Because the Shifra kananis are Zilalei, Shichalei, and Zila uh you know, a proper Jewish man has to treat his wife with respect, whereas a Ewe kanani uh, can, can view his Shifra Kenanis as uh, quite a lowly uh, specimen of humanity. Shichalei, the Shiva Hanan is also much more available to him. And Pritzalei, he can certainly act with her in ways that would be uh, improper for a uh, full Jewish man to act with his wife. And as far as now, as far as a Yisrael is concerned, it's more desirable for us to have the relationship with a Jewish woman. But as far as an Evet is concerned, either because it's in his nature or he just got used to it, uh, it's more desirable to uh, have the woman who's Zilalei, Shrichalei, and Pritzalei adkan